Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can open them to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. Somebody asked me when the Three Crosses app was coming out, are you going to fix the Bible tab? And I said, what do you mean? They said, the Bible tab has been broken for a long time. You've never fixed it. And I think it works now. So check out the Bible tab on the Three Crosses app. If you want to take notes, like I said, you can take notes right there in the app. You'll see the title of our sermon today is Let's Make Some Christian Friends. Which sounds like something your mom says to you when she sends you off to fourth grade. Have a good day. Make some friends. And I would guess as an adult, making friends is something that's just as terrifying as it was when you were nine years old. I've been coming to this church since 1997. I got saved in our high school group on a Wednesday night, October 1st, 1997. And, and I have a glimpse of what it was like to be new. And so if it's been a long time, but if you were new, or if you are new, let, let me tell you that I know how scary it can be to be at a church like this for the first time, and you look around, and everyone seems to know what to do. You look around, it seems like everyone knows when to stand up and when to sit down, and what this offering thing is, and how a church works, and all the lingo, and all of that, and, and so if that's you, if you're a new person, or you haven't get connected yet, or you feel like an outsider, right, that phrase we say all the time, welcome home, that's for you. We want you to learn how to make this feel like home. And so part of this is making some Christian friends in the context of the church, which is, let's just be honest, easier said than done. When Jessica and I first got married, we moved to Dallas for a couple years to finish my master's degree in theology. And and it was our first time, she grew up in this church, her parents got married and met here at the church, and, and I had been coming since high school, and it was our first time going to a new church and getting connected. So as I was working on this message, I kept thinking about how hard it was to get connected at church for the first time, because we were in this place 3,000 miles from all our friends, all our family, we didn't know anybody, and all we desperately wanted was just one set of friends, just someone to hang out with so we didn't just have to stare at each other all day long every day. Remember, we went from church to church trying to break in, but it felt like every community was closed. And then finally, we found this one church we loved. It was a lot like Three Crosses, and, and we started to get plugged in. And they had a, a young adults and young uh, couples group on a Tuesday night, and so we're like, let's, let's go. It was at the worship pastor's house, and so we went to this guy's house, and there's all these young couples like us everywhere. We're thinking, like, this is it, the jackpot. We're going to make some friends here tonight. And they split us up by region. Hey, if you live in, right, in Frisco, you live in Plano, you live in North Dallas, go into this room, this room, this room. And so we find ourselves in a room with all these couples who are our age, in our life stage, at our church, who live in our neighborhood and we started to zero in on this one couple because as we sh introduced ourselves, I forget their names, but they said, uh, <laughs> you'll find out why in a second. Uh, and they said, hey, we live in Preston Vineyards. And we're like, we live in Preston Vineyards. They're our neighbors, our literal neighbors. But you have to love your neighbor, right? And so we're like, okay. We're like whispering, like a little side conversation. After the group tonight, we're going to go up to that couple and we're going to ask them if they want to come over to our house for coffee sometime, right? We're going to do it, right? So we're like getting up our nerve and so it moves to prayer requests and it starts to go around the circle and it comes to this one couple who we never met, who lived in our neighborhood and this was their literal, actual prayer request. They said, hey, our prayer request is that God would give us the courage to say no when people want to be friends with us. <laughs> that was their actual prayer request. 
They said God has blessed us with so many friends in the church and at work and in the community that just feels like our dance card is full, so to speak, and we want to have more quality time with the friends we already have, but we know that we need to set some boundaries and say no to folks who want to ask us to be their friends. That was their actual prayer request at church. <laughs> and, and I don't remember if we cried or laughed. Because that was our experience. That was, that's how you can sum up our experience of what it felt like to try to get connected in church for the first time. Right? And that was Dallas, Texas in 2004. Right? This is the East Bay area of California in 2023. And I would guess if it was hard to get connected there, it's got to be even more hard to get connected here. We live in a transient area where people come in for a couple years and then leave. How many of you have had friends move away in the last three or four years? All of our friends moved like four times. Just there's, they go in cycles. It's probably us, but they just keep moving away. <laughs> Remote work has become the reality for many people here in the Bay, especially with young adults in the tech industry. And I talk to young adults all the time who just say, man, it's so hard to meet people. Right? Not just meet a spouse, but meet a friend because I don't even see people at work anymore. I sit at my house in my apartment on my computer we all have jobs and second jobs and third jobs to pay our Bay Area rents and mortgages. We don't live in a warm culture in terms of personal connection, right, like Dallas, Texas. We live in a place that we keep our head down, we stare at our phones, and we hope that a friend appears on ours, right? They even have apps now. You can download that app too, right, to help you find friends because it's such a problem in this tech-driven world. And yet we see in the scriptures, and we'll see in the scripture we read today, that, that the Christian faith was not meant to, to be lived out alone. That God has designed us to be integrated into the body life of a, a local church community like Pastor AJ talked about last week. And God has created us to live in the context of community with brothers and sisters in Christ in the church. So as hard as it is, this is the vision that God has given us for flourishing on this planet, is to be deeply connected and integrated with, with others, especially others in the church. And so the question we're going to tackle as we look at, at this teaching of Jesus today in John 13 is, is how do we lean into building life-giving relationships in the church when everything in us and around us seems to war against it all the time? So whether you're new or it's a new year, or you need some new friends, this message is for you today. We're going to read together John 13, just a couple of verses, verses 34 and 35. And as I read them, I'd love for you to just, just listen for what pops out at you first. And I'm going to ask you in a moment, so, so really listen. Jesus says to his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is the word of the Lord. All right, I said I was going to ask you. I'm going to ask you now. What is the word or phrase that pops out at you in these two verses? Love. Okay, love. The word love is used four times in these two verses. Anything else? 
love one another. The command to love one another happens three times in these verses. If you read it through this lens again later, I can read it, I'll read it later in the sermon even, and you hear this, there's this rhythm that Jesus is saying, this is what I want you to do. Love one another, love one another, love one another, love, 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 love. All you need is love, right? Love one another. Jesus says, this is the new command that I give you. Which is an interesting way to put it, because loving your neighbor is not a new command. It's one of the oldest commands in the Bible. And yet when you look at this passage in the context of John's writing, and in the context of the ministry of Jesus, what we learn is that Jesus is at the end of his earthly ministry. Right before this happens, Jesus has gathered the disciples together for the Last Supper. He washes their feet he starts modeling servant leadership, and now he starts broaching the subject that soon I will be gone, and you will have a new reality in front of you. I'm going to die tomorrow. I'm going to raise from the grave on Sunday. Forty days after that, I'm going to send into the heaven, into the heavens. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. But it's going to be y'all and the Spirit trying to figure out faith in the midst of this community. And so this is the overarching command I want to give you as you try to figure out how to navigate this new reality. Love one another. If you're taking notes today, the, the first blank in your outline is that the Christian faith is meant to be lived out in community. It's designed that way. If you're on the app right now taking notes, if you scroll to the bottom or you look on the bottom of the paper in front of you, there's a, uh, a link to Watermark Church's blog on the one another's of Scripture. And that's for any of you who've never heard about the one another's. How many have heard about the one another's of the New Testament? Right, this command to love one another, one another, actually happens a hundred times in the New Testament in various iterations. This is a, a major hallmark command of the New Testament church is that they were going to be a one anothering people. They were going to love one another. They were going to bear one another's burdens. They were going to greet one another with a holy kiss. They were going to forgive one another. They were going to show mercy to one another, right? One another, one another, one another. The Christian faith is designed by Jesus to be lived out in community. And yet even as you keep reading John 13, we see that everything in us and around us wars against this fact. By the time Jesus goes to the cross, the disciples, instead of clinging to one another, <laughs> scatter from one another. Even in the midst of this speech he gives them from John 13 to 17, as Jesus keeps trying to keep their focus on how to thrive as a community after his departure, they keep changing the subject. He says, love one another. As I have loved you, love one another. By this will all men know you are my disciples. If you love one another. And then Peter says, Jesus, where are you going? He's like, well, I, I'm going to... I'm going to go, and you can't follow me, but you can come later. Peter's like, I, I want to come now. He's like, you can't come now. He's like, I'm going to follow you to death. He's like, you won't, right? Spoiler alert, you're going to deny me three times, right? And then he tries to get back into the topic again, but then he has to get caught in the weeds again. Wait, Jesus, you're going, and then you're coming back. What does that mean? And, and they're so consumed with him and their relationship with him that their eyes are not on each other when he's trying to say, I'm going to be gone. It's going to be okay. I want you to focus on loving each other because their priority, and we understand it, was clinging to Christ. Right? Even two chapters later, Jesus says, okay, now you all need to learn how to abide in me in my absence, how to abide in my commands, how to abide in my love, how to live out this faith together in unity. 
everything in them wars against this, and so Jesus has to command it. I mean, the New Testament authors command it a hundred times. And still today, everything in us wars against this command to integrate our faith with one another. We, we live in America. We love independence. We love freedom. We love autonomy. We love not to be tethered to other people. And so the idea of linking our faith with other people's faith makes many of us either want to run or throw up or both. Some of us much prefer to have a, a private faith. It's just me and Jesus. I remember a, a kid in youth group one time when I was the youth pastor, we were having a worship night, and, and I look out the doors of the the port lounge here and the kid just sitting out in the dark by himself reading his bible and i went up to him and i, I said taj what are you what are you doing he's like oh and just full disclosure i knew this kid well i knew he was trying to be a kind of a jerk or whatever he's like i just decided this was a good time to have my quiet time with jesus and i said taj it's inappropriate for you to have a quiet time with jesus right now right he looked at me like the worst youth, youth, youth pastor ever i said taj you have all week long to be alone with jesus this is the one time in our week that we've decided to be together with Jesus. That's the priority right now. Right, but he looked at me like I was a demon because I was going against this core belief of American Christianity that we as a group don't matter. This is what matters. It's about me and Jesus. When Jesus says, no, here's a new command I give you, love one another, one another, even when everything wars against us. It's so much easier to sleep in on Sundays, right? watch church online on your pillow, or consume Christian content on the way to work, read a devotional book and close it, and kind of live the hermit Christian life. You know how much harder it is? You know how much harder it is to get up, get dressed, get your kids out the door, get to church for an hour and 15 minutes, right? It's so easy to think, why? Am I even coming up to this place? It's so much work. I can get this content somewhere else. Jesus doesn't say anything about Christian content. He underscores the value of Christian community. And so church, that's being here, that's the tip of the iceberg. But what about building those life-giving, deep relationships with one another in the midst of the church, taking that next step, finding a home in a in a mid-sized community or a life group or in a small group or even in a book study with just a couple friends. Or building relationships where someone's praying for you and you're praying for them. When they go through hard times, you can call them. Because the Christian faith is designed to be lived out in community. And so my first challenge for you all as we move into 2021 is the question that I have on your outline there. You can write this down. Is will you commit to intentionally moving towards community? Right, when everything in you pushes you away from it, when any, everything in you, in our culture, keeps you independent from it, will you commit this year to intentionally moving towards community? That requires three things. It requires a change of a mindset. Say that my faith is going to be about us and God, not merely me and God. It's going to require some decisions. Right? Where is that place that you want to get connected is part of the reason that we are excited to, to roll out this app with you guys because I'm guessing if you're not connected in community, you can pull out your app right now and scroll down and there'll be a couple of options of things that you can step into for the first time in the community. 
on my app, I scroll down and I see the men's dinners coming up on February 14th. If you're a lady, you probably don't see that in your app, but I see that. I see that a new season of community nights is starting up, right? You might have some custom announcements for you as well, but that's a decision to be made. Where are you going to find community in this season? And to be realistic, the third thing that requires, third, is to constantly kind of re-up. Because since everything in us phases away from community, my guess is there's a chance that you were in a great community a few years ago and it somehow disappeared around you. Or you used to be connected and then the group ended. Or you used to be part of something and now it's over. You stopped going, right? That happens all the time. This is part of the reason we have several on-ramps throughout the year of community life here at the church. We have a next season of community nights. That's our Wednesday night season twice a year, sometimes three times a year, where we come up to the church and have dinner and break up into a ton of different classes. That's starting in just a few weeks. That's a great on-ramp for you, but... It requires that kind of decision. Will you commit to intentionally moving towards community? A few years back, we did a survey uh, of people in our church. Say, hey, this is a big church. We want it to feel small. Does it feel small for you? And, and we have a small group of people who said, yes, right, this is my home. I'm all in. I'm an insider. I love it. And we had a large percentage of people who said, yeah, no, I feel like an anonymous nobody around here. And we said, well, why is that? And they said, well, there's definitely insiders here at Three Crosses, and there's outsiders here at Three Crosses. And so we started asking, well, how do you become an insider where you're an outsider? And everyone said, I have no idea. Right? We asked the insiders, how did you become an insider? Like, I don't know. We asked the outsiders, right, what do you think the pathway is? They said, I don't know. They asked us, well, you know, you run the church, what is it? We said, we don't know. And so we started to do a deeper dive. How do people move from the outside to the inside here at Three Crosses? And here's what we found. Was that the most common pathway for people from the outside to the inside was that over a, a one, two, three-year period of time, they connected in multiple ministries with multiple ministry leaders and got to know multiple people in multiple contexts. And once they got connected in multiple different ministries, they kind of got woven into the fabric of our church. Right? Which is not to say, if you want to get connected, join five ministries this spring. But what it is to say is that if you went once to one thing and connected and it didn't work, don't give up. Because sometimes it takes weaving yourself, like tying your shoes through little eyelets, right? Weaving yourself through multiple iterations of things until you find people you connect with or until you know your way around here or whatever it is. That's just what we found works is it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes different iterations of checking things out. Which again is why we have multiple seasons of on-ramp even in the course of a year. Now, there's a chance that you're listening to me today and you're thinking, Danny, I've tried all that and I'm still an outsider. <laughs> I talked to a lady a few weeks ago who said, she's so nice, she's working on it, she's becoming an insider, and I don't, we're not going to use insider language around here, that's last time I'm going to say that. But she said, Danny, I, I came and I really wanted to get connected, and so I, I found this class I wanted to go to, and, and the first time I went, I was so nervous, and I, I sat down, and nobody talked to me. She's like, but you know what, I, I went again. So week two, I went and I sat down and, and nobody talked to me. And I'm like, I'm going to commit to an entire month. She's like, so I went for an entire month. And every week I went in, I sat down, and no one ever talked to me. And she said, a couple times 
people looked at me like I was stealing their seat or something. Right? That is not what we want to happen to you, but there's a chance that that's happened to you. I talk to people all the time. I, I tried to get connected with this community or this life group or this ministry or whatever, and I, I signed up the form. I put myself out there, and no one ever called me back. Right? That's an us problem, not a you problem, but that stinks. Right? There's a chance you've been coming here your whole life, and you still feel like you're on the outside looking in. Or there's a chance you're in a new season of life. Something's changed. And you're realizing, okay, I need to re-up this idea of friendship in the church, and I don't know how I feel like I'm in junior high or fourth grade again. And the thought of stepping into community makes me run away or throw up or both. What do we do if we know that community is a value? If we're ready to take Jesus at his word and, and move towards it, but it seems like everything we try just, just fails. And what can we learn from this passage? We can put the words in John 13 up on the screen again and, and see what Jesus might say to someone who is in that circumstance. This passage is written to a community, not to an individual. And yet, if you're reading this as an individual, let's see how we hear this. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What I notice in this passage is that when we all do this together, it's a beautiful thing. But what I also notice in this passage is if you're in a season where other people aren't doing this towards you, this is a command that you can start to obey on your own first. Right? That, that woman that talked to me who said, I went for four weeks and no one ever talked to me. This is a woman who said, but I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep loving people. I'm going to keep trying to get people's names. Even though see, people don't seem like they want to talk to me, I'm going to love them instead. Right? That is not the ideal way to break into the body life of a church. But if you're in a place where you're having a hard time getting connected, when no one's loving you well, you can still love them well. And so the second thing I'd love for you to write down if you're taking notes today around this topic is that you can plant the seeds of community by loving others well. You can plant the seeds of community by loving others well. I see this modeled most perfectly in the person of Jesus, who in the midst of this passage is trying to command his disciples to love one another well, and they're not listening. They're changing the subject. They're scattering. And yet he, from top to bottom, from start to finish, he models what he's preaching for them, and he creates it through his modeling. And before he commands them to love each other well, the thing he does first is he gets down on his knees and he washes their feet and shows them what true love looks like. When they scatter after his crucifixion, he rises again and he gathers them back together again. He spends 40 days doing ministry with them and setting them up for success so that when he ascends into heaven, now they are gathering together and praying together in one place when the Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. In fact, Jesus lays down his life for these disciples less than 24 hours later in a grand gesture of love that, that not only forms them into a community, but models what self-sacrifice to the community looks like. His death makes them one. His death forgives them of their sins. 
his death makes them into a people where they are not the people of God before. He models it. So if you do not have community and you're having a hard time breaking in, I am not saying that you're the new Jesus. We already have a Jesus. But what I am saying is that we can even learn in the example of Jesus that sometimes when you don't have it, you can model it till it comes. And so my question for you in relation to this point is if you don't have community yet, you're having a hard time breaking in, will you model the type of community you hope to be a part of? And if you wish that you had people to call you at the end of the day to say, hey, how was your work today? Maybe pick up the phone and start calling people you do know. Maybe they're not even in this church. Or call someone. Model that type of love that, that you would want to receive. Or if you wish you were in a life group, maybe you've got to join a life group or start a life group. I talked to a guy a few weeks ago. He said, Danny, I've been dragging my feet. I'm not in community, so I'm just going to start a life group at my house, and we'll see if people show up. Right? That's a way to model the type of community he hopes to be a part of. You don't have to lead anything. You don't have to start anything. Right, but you can go to a ministry here at our church and, and be the type of person you wish others would be to you. Right, put yourself out there and introduce yourself. Check, check in with people the next week and follow up on their prayer requests. Right, model the type of community you want to be a part of. And some encouragement as I keep reading in this text is that even though the disciples keep changing the subject, Jesus keeps coming back to this concept and by the end of his speech in John chapter 17, he prays for us, and he prays that God would unite us together in the type of community that he's challenging us to step into. And it says in verse 20 of John 17, he says, my prayer is not for them, these disciples alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May you, they also be in us so the world may believe that you have sent me. All right, two pieces of encouragement in that passage. One, it's really fun to see Jesus in the Bible explicitly pray for us. And you know if you're in a spot that you're looking for community and having a hard time finding it, Jesus has prayed for this to work. So lean into his prayer request and bring it up to the Lord yourself. And the second that I see as I close this passage, and we see it in John 13 as well, is that when Jesus talks about this, he talks about the powerful witness it is to the watching world when the church loves one another. It's the same thing he says in John 13, 35. By this, we'll all know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Christian community is not just a thing that makes life a little bit better, like the salt and pepper of life. Part of the reason that Jesus was commanding us to step into integrated, life-giving community with one another is that the love that exists in the church, one for another, is one of the strongest apologetics for the truth of the gospel. That when the world looks at the church and they can complain about this or that or this or that or this or that or this or that or this or that, when they see the way that we love each other and when they see the way that we love them in the community, we become this mystery that on one hand, like Jesus says in these chapters, the world's going to hate us. But on the other hand, they're not going to be able to deny that we are followers of Jesus, not because of our words, not even because of our works, 
but because of our love, and specifically our love for one another in the body life of the church. On the bottom of the outline today, you see that there's a blank, right? What is your next step? And my hope is that you would take seriously this command of Jesus and this invitation from the Lord, and that you would write down in there right now, hey, this is my next step for 2021. I mean, maybe if you're already in community, right, you feel like, I'm an insider here at Three Crosses. Let me give a challenge to you. Let us not be a church where people come in and feel like there's insiders here. Right? Let us be a church that when people come in, you help them feel like everyone's an insider here. Right? This church is going to be clicky. Let's just have one really big click with like 5,000 people in it. Right? But what that takes is that when you find a place in the church where you're comfortable, don't get too comfortable, right? Don't be that person who goes and sits in the same seat every week and then doesn't make eye contact with a new person hoping they get the hint that you like to sit with your friends at church. That's not, you should never do that anywhere, especially at church. Get comfortable, but be comfortable in a place where you're always inviting others in. If you see somebody wandering around in the back and you can tell that they're just grabbing their coffee because they want something to hold on to that's warm and they're terrified to be in the room, go to that person and say, hey, you want to come and sit at my table? And I'm pretty sure they'll say yes. And if they say, no, I already have a place to sit, that's great, right? They already have a place to sit. But if you're an insider around here, will you commit to helping other people feel like insiders around here and help them to kind of weave their way through this church and be their buddy even as they try to get plugged in. If you're not yet connected, let me challenge you. Find a place to get connected here at the church. Right? AJ's out in the lobby. I think Carmela's out there too in the, right through these doors. And we've got a new life group session starting up soon. We've got a new community night session starting up soon. And so if you don't even know where to get connected, just go to them and say, I need to plug into something. What you got? And we got stuff. We got stuff for everybody. Whatever your next step is, I would challenge you to, to write it down. Like I said, you can open the app and see some suggestions there for you too. But we'd love to help you get plugged in here in the ministry of our church. Not just because it's fun to have friends. And not merely because Jesus commanded it. But because Jesus said, when you love one another well, the world will know that you are my disciples. And the world will know that God has sent me to save the world. I want to pray for us. And then we'll respond in worship. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray for the folks around here who feel content and connected. That you'd give them the courage and the resolve and the passion and even the vision to be someone who loves others well, who invites people in, who starts new ministries, who brings folks along, who reaches out to the disconnected. I pray for folks who are not connected in this season. Maybe they've experienced loss and they have a new normal they're trying to navigate. Maybe they're in a, a tension because they don't want this new normal. We pray that your grace would meet them in this moment and that you would give them some vision to start walking towards some new life-giving connection for them in this new year. And for everyone in this room, we pray that you would help us to to determine what is our next step for community as we move into this new year and give us the courage and the grace to take it and let us not become discouraged when we try and feel like we failed. Let us take seriously this command you've given us 
We're, we're so thankful that you model it in servant leadership, washing our feet. We're thankful that you died to create this community, to make us into a people. We pray that you would weave us together and help us to live in this one body you call the church. And let us feel like brothers and sisters, not merely friends, not merely acquaintances, not merely people who go to the same church, but a family of God. I pray for anyone who's outside of your family today, looking in. We pray that even in this moment, they would turn to you and find forgiveness for their sin. They would turn to you and find a community with a door wide open to them. They would turn to you and find life abundantly. If that's you today, I encourage you to lift up your prayer to Jesus even now, saying, God, I, I need a new start. I've been walking my own way. I've been living life independent even from you. Jesus, I am sorry. Would you graft me into your family? Would you graft me into relationship with yourself? Would you forgive my sins and make me new? Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for raising to give me life. I need that life. Let me walk in newness of life today. We pray that you'd meet us where we are and walk with us as we take next steps with you, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.